What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Luxury Health Podcast. We have a special guest in the building, Miss <laughs> Jennifer Garibaldi. What's going on? Hey, how y'all doing? I'm happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. I am too. So, a quick um, overview over Jennifer. She is a registered dietitian. She enjoys helping people when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle, creating a healthy lifestyle for yourself, for your family. All you all know, if you know me personally, health is big in my life. I enjoy, you know, eating healthy things, working out, being physically active. So this is right up my alley talking to Jennifer. I reached out to her. She was very excited about coming on the podcast to share her story, share how she got into this type of work and um, just trying to help as many people as she can. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Jennifer, I just want you to let the people know just how did you get started in this type of work? Okay, I'll try to make this short. (laughs) So we'll we'll have to go back a little bit. So I started off um, in the field of exercise, exercise physiology. So back in 2000, I went to University of New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans and I got an undergraduate in exercise physiology and I became a personal trainer in 2006. And I've all, I love personal training. I love helping people in the exercise realm, but you know, um, being a subscriber to this podcast, how important nutrition goes you know, with exercise. So I got really frustrated because all I could do was give basic nutrition advice and I didn't feel like I was really helping people. So I'll skip all the way to 2009 when I ended up moving to North Carolina and finally decided that I wanted to go to school for nutrition and went to the University of North Carolina. So I was accepted in their program um, in 2011. And then I graduated in 2013 and then became a registered dietitian in 2014. So there I was like, okay, now I can be called a nutrition expert. And also just to kind of go into the difference because we can get a little confused. There's a difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist. So a registered dietitian, I'll put it, the easiest way to put it would be all registered dietitians are nutritionists, but not all nutritionists are registered dietitians. So to break that down, registered dietitians go through rigorous schooling and educate, you know, um, training. We have to have supervised practice hours. So in order before we can even be called a dietitian, and we also have to pass a registration exam to get the credential as a dietitian. So we go through a lot of schooling. Uh, nutritionist, honestly, I could have called my, myself a nutritionist as a personal trainer. I could have called myself a nutritionist even if I wasn't a personal trainer. It's really not regulated, that term. Anyone could call themselves a nutritionist. So I just wanted to put it out there um, to clear that mis, you know, conception with that. But anyway, going back to my story. So, so yeah, so I became a dietitian and I worked in an outpatient setting. So basically, I love the outpatient setting as opposed to the inpatient setting because I felt like I can really help people because they come back. Usually in the inpatient setting, they don't come back to you, <laughs> maybe not, or you maybe you won't see them. But I also started getting frustrated again because although you know I have great respect for doctors, they wanted to dictate, basically a lot of them dictated how they wanted me to educate their patients instead of really respecting me or giving or empowering me to use my education and my expertise they kind of told me what to do which was the nothing's wrong with this i just 
moved away from it. The traditional dietitian approach they want you to do is more so eat these foods and not these foods. And a lot of times it's not about education. A lot of times we know what to do, we're not doing it. And so I quickly found out that psychology has a huge role in, in what dictates our behaviors. And so I got more interested in psychology and also more frustrated as I started you know, continuing to work in an outpatient setting underneath a doctor or a physician. So that's how Health Conscious Solutions was born. <laughs> I ended up in 2016 saying, you know what, I want to help people in a way I know how to do and I want to help the whole person, not just tell them eat this and eat that or don't eat this. I wanted to come from a whole body approach. So that's why I call myself the wellness non-diet dietitian because I don't focus on a particular diet. I want to help you find a lifestyle, a way of eating that's, you know, that is appropriate for you and that you can maintain because that's how we see changes. So there we go. <laughs> awesome, awesome story. But I got to say, you didn't tell me you was from New Orleans before you came oh. on this podcast. <laughs> It's Rise Up Nation over here. Okay. Atlanta. Atlanta Falcons all day. <laughs> We're about to duke it out right now, if you didn't know. <laughs> but um, on all serious notes, um, amazing story, awesome story from how you guys started from a personal trainer, being a quote-unquote nutritionist, to taking that formal education to become a registered dietitian. And I'm glad that you explained you know, the difference in that so when people are looking for professional help when it comes to creating a healthy lifestyle you know they'll know the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian you did say something interesting though that most people are educated on well they they know what to do when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle they know what to do but it's about the psychology of it how did you you know find that out or how did you end up going that route to say it's not that we're not educated about the situation, it's about the, the psychology of it. That's a great point. Yeah, so being in an outpatient setting, like I told you, the doctors would tell me, well, give them this list of foods to eat and this list of foods not to eat. And for some people, it was education. You know, they would take that and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, I've been eating a lot of these foods and that sort of thing, so maybe I can reduce or, you know, change my um, lifestyle and, you know, they will come back and they will feel great. So, but that was a small percentage of the population. Most of the people that I um, saw, you know, they, they would try it and then they would come back and then it would feel, oh, maybe they won't come back because then they just don't feel good about themselves. You know, they think I'm going to shun them from, from eating these foods and then I just realized, you know what, it's, it's beyond food. And I started educating myself, reading books and just doing more continuing education credits and realized a lot of our food issues really isn't about food. It's about everything else, our self-care, our coping strategies. Do we use food to cope all the time? Um, how we view ourselves, our self-worth, our, you know, it's just our beliefs. Beliefs are huge. And in the psychology world, now I'm not a therapist, but, um, but I do know there's something called a cognitive behavioral um, therapy, which focuses on how your thoughts and your feelings dictate your behaviors. So if you don't change basically mindset, if you don't change your mindset or your thoughts and your feelings, then you're gonna have the same result, basically. You're gonna have the same behavior. Mm -hmm. So if your belief, for instance, is to, you have a value in always cleaning your plate or not wasting food, well then, if you have a goal to eat less, you know, you don't wanna eat past the point of fullness all the time, 
that belief, if you don't change it, will constantly butt heads with your behavior, basically. Because yeah. your belief is to no, not waste food, but yet you don't want to, you have certain goals where you don't want to overeat. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you don't know that, then it's really difficult to change the behavior. Yeah. So I found that out just from having a lot of people just come back to me and be like, I know this is what you said, but you know, I just, I don't know, it seemed like it was more about mindset and psychology, which I got really, really interested in. So in terms of your clients, have you seen, you know, ever since you switched to this method, you know, results go up? Um, how are people kind of responding to going about it this way? Yeah, when people hear non-diet approaches, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and not focusing on food, again, what are you talking about? So... In the beginning, and I, I call I call this, um, there's a method I call mental food labels. Now I didn't come up, I, I kind of, I guess came up with the name, but the whole feeling or thinking that there are good foods and bad foods, it it's hard for some people to accept that. Like I recommend that you neutralize foods and that doesn't mean that I'm saying that there are foods that don't have more nutrients in them. That it just means that we're removing the moral value of foods. So a lot of times, and this is huge. So if if you're listening right now, if you're using those words, then I would recommend that you just neutralize and don't use good or bad. Because if you think about it, when you eat something good, like say you said, you know, I hear this a lot. I've been good all week. Okay, I deserve such and such treat or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's just a tie to it. And then also bad foods. Or if, even if you use the word junk, like junk doesn't sound good. I don't, you know, junk doesn't make, junk is trash. Yeah. You know, and then you, what do you, you feel like trash mm -hmm. for eating foods like that. So then, so basically you're not a good person if you eat quote unquote good foods and you're not a bad person if you eat quote unquote bad foods. So just remove those labels and that helps. That was like one of the most, I guess, when someone's first starting out and they get that, that's like liberating for some, yeah. you know, for them. Cause they're just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like I've been using words that make me, that triggers overeating mm -hmm. or emotional eating because I feel bad when I eat these foods. I've never had anyone break it down to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Um, when it comes to food labels and, and removing good and bad. And even healthy, unhealthy, like just not even healthy and unhealthy clean i mean what's the alternative clean dirty you know what i mean so it's not that you're not eating according to your health it's just remove the label remove the moral obligation or value to the food so would you say that's the first step if if someone let's just say new we're starting the new year a lot of people make new year's resolutions they say i want to be healthier is that the first step that they should take when they decide they want to live a healthy lifestyle I would say yes, because mindset is the like anything that we're trying to do, whether it be lifestyle changes or just anything in life, it starts with the mind. I learned that myself because I'm going to go back and now answer the question, even though I, you know, and I want to also say it's like, like I mentioned, it's not about all about education. I, I'm an example. I have training in exercise physiology and I'm a dietitian, but I didn't start really tuning into my own self until after my first child was born. I had the education. So that was what, 2016? So what, I was a trainer since 2006. I wasn't consistent with exercise until like 2016, or even nutrition. I even did, I had emotional eating and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's about the mind, it's about the mind. I felt, I was one of those people that felt like self-care 
was selfish. Like I needed to put other people's needs ahead of my own. And as you can see, I had all of the education out there. So it wasn't about that. So yes, mindset is key to changing your behaviors. And I'm glad you mentioned this because I actually have a free resource that's all about ultimate mindset shifts to help you feel more comfortable around food. It's a 28 page guide that focuses on four common words. I'm not going to talk about it because I want you to go ahead and subscribe. <laughs> but it's four common words that we use all the time that messes with our, um, our motivation. Also, three personality traits that, that um, you know, can slow progress and how to handle them. And also, I do have the good versus bad and all that as far as mindset shifts and help you walk you through those exercises and activities to help you move towards a better um like a you know a mindset that can help you with your lifestyle goals so that free resource is on it's a long website i'm sorry <laughs> so it's health okay good <laughs> it's health h-e-a-l-t-h conscious c-o-n-s-c-i-o-u-s solutions s-o-l-u-t-i-o-n-s dot com forward slash mindset forward slash so it's a free resource and you will also get um you'll be added to my email list and you'll get more tips from there as well awesome awesome i told y'all she the real deal y'all <laughs> and we'll put the website and all of her contact information in the show notes and then we'll have her repeat it again um, throughout the episode so that you can catch it and you can share it with other people as well uh one thing i like about you is you come from a personal trainer background so you know about the physical activity and exercise part of living healthy and you come from a nutritionist or dietitian background as well speak about how those two go hand in hand because i'm a big workout person and, I, and i've been like that you know since a young age but i would say my diet has changed within the past five to seven years so i haven't always been eating the, the best foods you know throughout my whole life uh, speak about how those two go hand in hand how they work together how you can't just do one without the other if you want to get optimal results that's a, yeah I love that question so yes nutrition and exercise go hand in hand so basically if you're working out hard you it's you know you need to fuel your workouts a lot of times people think you know, I work out, but I'm not going, you know, I want to lose weight. So do I need to eat? You know, then they'll start restricting their cal calories too much. And you can go too far with restriction. You'll see, you know, your performance decline. You know, you'll start, especially women will start to have hormonal changes and that sort of thing. Yeah, you'll lose dr weight dr um, drastically, which would be most of the time you'll lose. You might lose some body fat, but you will also lose muscle. And muscle is a metabolic act, metabolically active tissue. You don't want to lose muscle because basically um, any, when you start building muscle, you um, even at rest, like compared to someone else that has less muscle than you, you burn more calories just sitting there. You ever seen a bodybuilder just sweating, like sitting down? <laughs> I mean, they have so much metabolically active tissue, you know what I mean? So that's something you want to make sure you preserve. Um, nutrition is also, we always, we tend to think of nutrition or exercise as just ways to lose weight, but it's just, you know, there's so many other benefits of both exercise and proper nutrition. You know, it's just overall well-being, you feel better. I mean, you could tell the difference when you eat foods that are heavier, and that's what I recommend more so than, you know, really like keying in on calories like focus on I teach women how to focus in on and listening to their bodies because you can tell the difference when you eat 
certain foods, they feel heavy and then you don't want to be active. And then as opposed to other foods where you feel good, you're like, I can run. Um, and then we tend to go extreme. So basically, if you just try to do one without the other, you almost feel like you have to overdo it. So if you just try to exercise but not change your diet, then like they say, you can't outrun the fork. Well, it's true because, I mean, you know, if you just exercise, that's only one side of the coin. You know what I mean? Then you feel like you have to over-exercise, then you get overuse injuries and you end up hurting yourself. And on the other side, nutrition, if you just do nutrition, then you feel like you would have to restrict your calories way, you know, so much that, it's, you know, life is like not, I'm not going to say worth living, but it's just so frustrating, you know what I mean? So I like the balance of both because then you have the exercise, you have that side of the coin where you're burning more, and then nutrition where you're fueling your workouts and you feel good. I do have a follow-up question on that, but I want to touch on a lot of people when they think about eating healthy, it can become stressful mm -hmm. to them, right? So how do you, I guess, make it easy for people to make this lifestyle change? I know you talked about removing the food labels, you know, changing the psychology, but when it comes to a lot of foods out here, it almost seems like there's no good food out here for you. You know, you think about packaged food, it has a lot of sodium and salt in it. Frozen foods has a lot of sodium and salt. Um, fresh vegetables have a lot of pesticides. If you don't know the farm that it's coming from, a lot of, you know, meat has a lot of byproducts in it and, and ingredients that we don't want in our body. So a lot of people I feel like, and I can fall in this bucket as well, and my wife, when we try to think of, you know, foods to eat, you know, it can become stressful at times. So how do you make it easy for people to, to live this lifestyle? Oh, that's a tough one. So <laughs> that's huge though. If you think of like all the things you just named, if you think about all the things that's in our food, then you're just like, you know what, forget it. I'm just not going to even help. I'm not going to even, you know, change my diet because you become so overwhelmed before you even start with all of those things. There's we, a non-diet dietitian, we, we consider, we do the term, or we say all foods fit. Okay. So there's not like you're avoiding certain foods because actually when you try to avoid foods or make them bad, you demonize them and they become sexy. I call it sexy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden everybody, you know, like donuts, like say you demonize donuts, you say, oh, I can't have donuts now. Uh, all of a sudden everybody's head becomes a donut and it's calling your name oh, and all that. So you know what I mean? When you, when you neutralize the foods, and yeah, like I said, there are certain foods that have more nutrients. I like to go with how does it make you feel? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are certain, there are foods that have more pesticides and you do what you can. So what I say, I, what I tell people is you start from where you are. Don't try to change everything all at once. That's overwhelming, right? And don't try to think about everything that's in the foods because then you just start fearing foods and that sort of thing. So where are you right now? What's one thing that you can change that would make you feel better? You know what I mean? Just focus on that one thing and then maybe do it for a week or two and see how that goes. So it, does that fit within your lifestyle? So nutrition recommendations are supposed to be guidelines. You know, you don't want it to like dictate everything you do and then you feel like you're following rules. Um, so just start where you are and then, okay, two weeks, you feel like that can fit within your lifestyle. You feel great. What's another thing that you can add on to this lifestyle change? You know what I mean? Instead of doing an all or nothing approach, yeah. you know, try to start where you are mm -hmm. and then you can build from there. Cause then you could tell, okay, when I did this change though, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Let me try something else. It's like we, 
that's how I, that's how I recommend that you approach everything. Experiment. It's okay. It's like we feel like we have to be perfect and or eat perfectly. And there's actually no, there's no such thing as a perfect diet that everyone should be doing anyway. So take that out the window. To, like toss that out the 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 thought of being perfect. Do what works for you and pay attention to your body because your body does communicate to you. And I'm I'm so glad you brought up. Uh, there's no perfect diet oh. out there. So I think I talked to you about this um, before before we came on the podcast about diet labels. Mm-hmm. Um, so like saying I'm a vegan or I'm a vegetarian, I'm a pescatarian. I think the last one I heard, and I think I told you was I'm a pesca vegan. Pesca vegan. So this girl ate all things vegan except for fish. She wanted to still have fish. Everything else was vegan. I just want you to touch on that. I don't want to knock anyone's diet. If that's what you live by, if that's what you, if that's what gets you going, if that's what keeps you on track to live a healthy lifestyle. But I want you to touch on that when clients may come to you and say they want to be, you know, at this diet level or they want to have this diet. You know, what do you say to them or how do you encourage them? Again, I recommend that you remove the label (laughs) because what happens when you go on vacation and all of a sudden you veer off of that quote unquote diet, then you feel like you've been bad because you put the label on there or you're using the label and you need to, you feel like you need to follow these rules. Say you want to modify a paleo diet. Well then, you know, or any diet. You adapt the diet to your lifestyle. So then it becomes whatever your name is. That's your way of eating. That's your diet. It's no longer such and such diet, keto diet, whatever. You don't have to label it. Just you know, adapt and make it part of your lifestyle. So that's what I feel like. Every, we want to label everything. Everything we want to have a label. And then when you... When you have a label, there are rules, right? There's there's things that confine us to the certain box, and then when you break those rules or come out the box, then you're like, oh, I'm I did something wrong, and then you start to emotionally eat or whatever, you know what I mean? Or you just say, F it, I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah. So if you don't have the label, you know what I mean? But a lot of times people think, well, if I don't have a label, then I'll go out of control. Actually, it's the opposite. The labeling makes you wanna go out of control because we have this natural rebellious side. We have this side of our a, a rebellious trait in our personality where you tell me I can't have something, can't do something, all of a sudden I want to do that. It's like a child. I mean, you know, we're adult children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I recommend. Awesome. Awesome. I like your approach and I'm glad, I'm so glad I had you on the podcast to share this approach because it is a very unique approach that you don't hear every day or from all nutritionists or dietitians. I like that you, you know what you want to teach people. You have your lane that you like to stay in. And I love the uniqueness about your approach. Um, speaking of that, let's talk about some of the courses that you may offer or some some content on your website, some things you may post on social media. Just what are some things that you're using or approaches that you're using to help your clients? Yeah, so with non-diet approaches, we use, like I talked about psychology already, we also use, I also use mindful eating, which is all about paying more attention, slowing down the pace of your eating. It's being more aware and eating with intention because then you start paying more attention to which foods help make you feel this way and which foods make you feel that way. That's how you naturally shift from this diet like mentality to 
a con I like to call it a confident eating approach because you you feel more empowered to make choices that feel good in your body. Um, so yeah, that, in order to get started with mindful eating, I would say first, are you do you typically eat while distracted? I, I like to talk about that because a lot of times we think we need to multitask, we need to be doing this and doing that while we're eating. And then often you'll notice that you don't actually taste your food as well. Or like, you know what, you don't really get satisfied by the food. You know, you ever finished a bag of chips and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, did I eat that? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I enjoy that. Let me have another one. Mm -hmm. So if you slow down the pace of your eating, you tend to taste the food more, use more of your senses. I know it sounds weird, but kind of smell the, you know, start to smell the food, your taste buds you know, get activated. So I recommend that. Also think of like more instinctive eating, which is tuning into your body. We were born, like if you think about when we were babies, when we were hungry, we would cry, right? When we were full, we stopped. Mm -hmm. We didn't need anyone to tell us, you know, what time we needed to eat or when to stop eating this food or we didn't, wasn't told to drink water before we ate so we could get full. We just knew that was, those were our instincts and we still have those, most of us. I mean, there's certain um, genetic, um, you know, disorders that kind of prevent that. But I will say most of us have that and we move away from that from not to knock our parents, but they, you know, they try a lot of times, they'll say clean our plate, they're starving children in Africa. <laughs> and even if you're not hungry, they tell you to finish the plate or you finish it because you want dessert. That kind of messes with our hunger and fullness cues. We kind of move away from our natural instincts and start eating more. Then also um, dieting, you know, diet, the diet culture, yeah. you know, or the dieting industry they feed off of our um, you know, dissatisfaction with our body and tell you it's about willpower and that sort of thing when it's really, we just moved away from listening to ourselves. Our body is still trying to communicate. We just, have, it's the, those communication signals are just dulled. So I help, I help women get back to that. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's at health underscore conscious underscore solutions. Got it, got it. And, and you mentioned just now about eating you know, when you, when you need food, not just, I know a lot of the content that we see out here a lot, either eat three large meals a day or six small meals a day. Um, and it's kind of time like every three hours or every four hours. Um, but your method is you don't necessarily need to do that. Am I saying that correct? Well, it's a little nuanced. So okay. sometimes our, even when you're more in tune with your hunger signals, there may, may be times where you, it would be, a beneficial to eat even when you're not hungry or like before hunger would set in so basically we could call that practical hunger so say you know you're going to a meeting during lunchtime and you won't have access to food mm -hmm. you might eat a snack or maybe you'll eat your lunch a little earlier so you won't be starving yeah. later so when you're starving I call it we call it hangry when you're hangry you can't you no one would make a good decision or you know <laughs> I, I don't even want to say good but no one would choose lighter foods when they're hangry yeah. you know typically you know what do we want you know we want heavy stuff and yeah. and it's hard to combat that so and you know that's just normal so don't feel like you're oh my god i can't control myself well you're hangry <laughs> <laughs> so there are times where you so you don't want to make this a hunger fullness diet because then it could become that sometimes you you might eat at a celebration um you know which would be called emotional eating mm -hmm. and 
emotional eating isn't an issue until that's the only method you have in your toolbox. When food is the only thing you go to to cope with stress, then that's when it becomes an issue. It's not that, you know, I don't ever celebrate with food. That's how we were born. But it's when it's the only thing you use, like when you're sad, when you're happy, when you want joy, when you're bored, then you go to food. Then that's when it becomes more of an issue. And, and for the people who live a healthy lifestyle currently, but find themselves falling off, you know, how do you help them get back on track um, with living a healthy lifestyle? Oh, I love this. So you you asked me to talk about my course and I do have a course coming out in April, which is like that's why i call myself the wellness dietitian as well because i focus on the body as a whole and everything that goes on in life so what happens what life happens right so yes yeah, so i help you focus on or trying to tune in or improve your problem solving skills because mm -hmm. things happen um you know and how you handle stress or or setbacks i help you manage that because things will happen you're not like i said you know, if you if you get out of the mindset of wanting to do things perfectly or be perfect, then you will allow room for error or room for that adaptation. So that is what's most helpful. Trying to get out of that perfect perfectionistic mindset or that all or nothing mindset. And I just gave hints on my uh, free guide, so <laughs> so now you need to go check it out. But um, but yeah, and self compassion is huge. For some reason, we think we believe and we beat ourselves up that we're going to be motivated to change. But think about it. Um, that might you might change for a little while, but the, as many the minute you stray away and you beat yourself up, it's like it's overwhelming. Just think of a person over your shoulder telling you you're stupid. Why did you do that? Like why are you eating that way? Like really get over you know you're effing up basically yeah. um but think about how you would treat a friend like if a friend had fallen off would you tell them like you're an idiot you're gonna be fat like probably not you would encourage them right mm -hmm. now a lot of times when we say self-compassion because that's huge um we might think we're sugarcoating things that we're all you know i'm just gonna be too easy on myself and not care actually it's the opposite you can have you can be you know have tough love like you can be honest with yourself like mm -hmm. this isn't working okay let's figure out this way you know or we'll try it this way that's being self-compassionate that's not saying you're an idiot like what are you doing um get it together you know what i mean like so there's that negative connotation if you think about it it really really affects your progress and that makes you want to stop mm -hmm. honestly um self-acceptance so accepting every phase of where you are is huge too i help with that um, and then self-care, just self-care is about managing your needs or I help you actually know what your needs are. Mm. I help you learn like how to figure out what your needs are yeah. and what exact emotions you're feeling. Because a lot of times we, we only identify with like four emotions, like I'm tired, I'm happy, I'm sad, and I'm, uh, I forget the other one, angry. Mm. But, um, but I help you pinpoint what the exact emotion is so then you know what strategies, what, what can help actually help you get past that. But anyway, with um, self-compassion, you want to, that's a continuous thing, you know what I mean? Uh, not self-compassion, self-care is a continuous thing. So you don't want to tend to your needs, your needs or wait till the wheels are falling off, then yeah. you tend to your needs. You want to be proactively tending to your self-care. So what are little things that you can do to keep your self-care up? We're not talking about Instagram self-care. I'm not talking about like massages and you know, all the <laughs> stuff that costs a lot of money. Self-care could be like maybe taking a nap when you need it you know what i mean or just taking a quick walk you know things like that like just 
being more in tune with yourself and your body. Awesome. And th- and again, this is why I like talking to you because it's deeper than yeah. food when it comes to eating healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's connected. Um, I love that you touch on self-care when you work with your clients mm-hmm. and, and self, uh, self-evaluation self of yourself and self-compassion because all of that is connected with physical activity, with the foods that you eat, with the decisions you make, with your mental clarity. Um, so I love that you touch on that and you do it in your course as well. Um, so you're located here in Atlanta, but people outside of Atlanta can take your course, correct? Yes, I'm actually online. So okay. even if you're in Atlanta, all, everything we would do would be virtual. So I you know, can help anyone. <laughs> that is interested in my approach, of course. Um, and that's another thing I wanna say about dietitians. Um, now, there are still some dietitians that will folk, that will do everything, but a lot of times if you want a specific, uh, like if you have something specifically that you want, like say it's GI issues or something like that, IBS or something like that. Now, I wouldn't be the best fit for that, although I could help you, but you would wanna look for an IBS, like specialized dietitian because they would be able to go deeper for you. So I just wanted to throw that in. Got it. Got it. And and for the people who may be driving right now who can't go to your website right now, just do a quick rundown of, you know, some of the topics on your courses, you know, how long the course is, you know, the cost of the course. Um, so people can, you know, get interested and then eventually go to the website to check it out. Uh, the cost is still being worked out right now. I'm beta testing, um, but I could go It's five modules. Um, the first module is all about mindset. The second one is attuning to your um, instincts or awakening your instincts, as I call it, more of the you know, paying t- like we talked about hunger and fullness and that sort of thing. Um, then the other one is the third module is self self nurturance. I like to call it, or we call it. So that's more about self care, self compassion, self acceptance, and all of that. And then we go into create or eating with intention, which is more about emotional eating, and then what I call sane nutrition. <laughs> so basically, like I said, making taking nutrition recommendations and information and finding ways to implement it within your lifestyle without having to be all or nothing about it. And then the last one is all about um, conscious living. So living, you know, mindful living and problem solving. Like you were saying, when you have setbacks, you know how to handle them. Um, Setbacks will happen. So, you know, just picking back up and, you know, and then building from there um, and being open to experimenting. I help with that. So, yeah, five modules. I would say in total, maybe the videos would be about three and a half hours. Okay. But with the, it's going to be a course slash group coaching program. So I walk you through it. So it's not like you're on your own listening to all the modules or the videos within the modules. We walk through biweekly. You you know you have like homework. You just look look at the modules and there's workbooks for each one. And these workbooks are massive, but it's awesome because there's so much information and you can download it. So it's something you can refer back to. Y'all, please, please, please reach out to Jennifer if you have any questions. She's very passionate about this topic. Um, Very easy to talk to. She's willing to work with you to make sure you get on the right track. She has very unique methods that you may not have been um, approached with before, but do work. Um, She's seen a lot of her clients see positive results from this method that she uses. So please reach out to her. Jennifer, I want you to leave your social media 
your website, your email, um, if you have a business phone number, whatever contact information you have on the podcast now so that people can reach out to you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Carlos. So Instagram again is at health underscore conscious underscore solutions. Website is www.healthconsciousolutions.com. Uh, again, the free uh, resource is the website, so healthconscioussolutions.com forward slash mindset forward slash. And email is Jennifer with two N's, J E N N I F E R, at healthconscioussolutions.com. My phone number, if you want to call me, is 865 484 6632. One last question. Um, do you do any events around the city of Atlanta, like outdoor events or pop-up events that people can come and speak to you in person or come, you know, just engage with you that way? I actually have been invited to be an exhibitor sponsor at uh, Kid Fit Strong, and that's actually coming up soon, March, I think it's March 8th. So I'll be out there if you have kids. Um, I would like to, like if you have events and you want me to speak at them or be at them, um, I'm willing to be there as well. So yeah, that's what I have coming up. Y'all, you heard it here. Jennifer, uh, registered dietitian. She has a wealth of knowledge as you can see. She can talk even longer, I'm sure, about this topic. (laughs) I'm sure about this topic. She's very, very passionate right here in the room about this topic and just helping people, changing the psychology of how you think about eating, making sure that you understand that everything is connected. It's not just about going to the grocery store and picking a food off the the shelf or or going down a certain aisle. It starts with self-care, self-evaluation, understanding that. And then there's a physical activity part connected with it as well. So all of it comes around full circle. She can help you with this. She has courses online. She posts on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. If you reach out to her by email or by phone, I'm sure she's willing to talk to you. All of her contact information will be in the show notes if you didn't catch it throughout the episode. And then I'll be posting about her on my Instagram page as well and on my Facebook as well. So please, please, please reach out to her if you have any questions and go visit her at any events that she's at as well. So as we close, we all know if you listen to this podcast before that I love Nipsey Hussle and I love to close with something from Nipsey Hussle after every episode because he talked about elevating your lifestyle. He talked about moving forward, pushing ahead, not staying still. He always said, of course, the marathon continues. It does not stop by any means. And this is a way to elevate your health lifestyle. If you find yourself stuck in the way that you're eating and you want to make a change or the way that you're living in terms of living a healthy lifestyle, um, this is a way to elevate it by reaching out to Jennifer, by listening to podcasts like this, where we talk about different health lifestyles. We bring experts on the show to speak about that. So please, 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 whatever you do in life, whether you're a chef, whether you're an educator, a doctor, an athlete, a chiropractor, whatever you do, just elevate it to the next level. And remember, the marathon continues. It does not stop by any means. So until next time, peace. This episode of the Luxury Health Podcast is brought to you by Roots and Crops Tea Company, where tea is more than a beverage to us. It's an opportunity for us to express creativity, spread love, and impact lives daily. Visit www.rac.com and get amazing tea products and content. 
If you enjoy today's show, head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher now to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you for tuning in. 